This is live from the convent and I'm going to introduce you to myself and to a woman called Nula Nikwin Vartig, otherwise known as Old Melons. During these quarantine times, what is one of the worst moves one can make? Why, moving in with an ex, which is what I've done. Why? Because, being very honest here, he looks like a frontline Viking, beard and thick body. But he has a Dublin 4 accent, so not very threatening. He has a spare room, and that is the extent of it. Day two, there was an argument his whole estate heard. But since then, it's been plain sailing. I've been here a week altogether. The argument was mainly one-sided. Me. I needed to communicate with him. He comes across as cold a lot of the time. So do I. But I have a need to get to the bottom of people because otherwise it stayed and dead and there's no communication. Communication isn't just supposed to be even and calm and constant. It can be loud, as loud and far-reaching as the perimeter of the neighborhood. Because that's how far a message needs to travel sometimes to be fully received without any confusion. Clear as a church bell. The church bell bongs out across an empty town. I'm here in Sligo. But I don't think it's completely empty out there. In my imagination, there are passwords being whispered at pub doors and gifts of hand sanitizers and bog rolls being brought. These old men and women in the lockups are protected by the gallons of alcohol on their insides, on their outsides, completely sterilized from coronavirus. While I'm stuck inside, a lot of the time I'm paralyzed, lying down, knowing I need to start something, be productive, but I'm possessed by the black hole of dread. Sometimes sitting down on my carpet, my back against the bed, is the only truth, and it feels like an absolute luxury. I feel grounded and can breathe. My phone is not hot in my hands with flashing messages and coronavirus updates. And my mind, thankfully, is blank. Oh, it's so nice when my mind is blank. My life would be better without all of the devices. I swear, information is making me sick. 
facts and statistics and international news. I don't need to know all of it. I wouldn't have known anything outside of my own village before. I mean, way back before. Maybe that's the way I would prefer it. I might be the only one who would prefer it that way. Wouldn't fiction suffice? The lovely classic books we have. Does knowing facts lend to my physical and mental welfare? No. I feel more in control when my mind is in the flow and can wander. Like, I sometimes peep around the door and have a look at the cat. We used to have a cat in the convent and she'd be sitting in a sliver of sun with her legs spread. It is a black cat that hisses, but, you know. And I say, damn right. That cat is right. That's all we need. The sun. I don't get near enough sun. Turns out, actually, where I am now in in my ex's house, there is also a black cat that hisses, except she has three functioning legs instead of four and is mainly left outside and stray and possibly diseased, but she's cute. And just on, as a side point, there's currently a cat ride-a-thon that happens on a wall uh, close to us and cats come out from Houses and bushes and drains from everywhere in the estate. Meowing in a a creepy, voyeuristic, porn-lusty way. Like, and they gather around to watch this black and mustard-striped cat on her back with some other kind of tomcat involved it's all very strange and disturbing and just really as as a side point but anyway the truth is the less I read online the more clear-headed I feel I don't remember all of this information I seek out multiple tabs clicked Information leading to the seeking out of more information. A big, fat, hungry hog for all of the information. And I feel compromised afterwards. I mean, in my second brain, my gut. The same way I do after binging on chocolate or crisps. There's a feeling of gluttony and a film of fat and sugar on my palate. I would like to introduce you now to Nula Nikwinvartig, or Old Melons. And as she says herself, she is as old as the Milky Way. She will be talking about uh, men, her late husband included, 
Uh, she will be doing a wrap. Um, she will be telling a bedtime story as well. Nobody thinks about old people getting the ride. So many nights I sit here and I'm fidgeting and fidgeting and there's not a single soul around. And I think about me old twanger and the joy I used to get from things slapping off the sides of it. Langer's bigger than you could imagine. There was something about men being malnourished. It seemed to make their langers bigger. Can't quite explain the science behind it. Only I know they're not as big as they used to be. Or maybe my eyesight isn't what it used to be. If I had to pick a fella who was the biggest ride out of the whole lot of them, it would be Bradley Cooper. I watched him the other night there, back to back, a few films. I was eating the beans, the peas, the chop, potatoes, the whole lot. And I just kept watching him. He's a big nose, but what? fantastic body on him. Oh, I wouldn't be throwing him out of bed. Lovely, lovely stubble. Just right. Oh, I'd run my hands all around his face if I could. And you know what? Maybe he'd be interested in someone like me. He's had a mall. He said all the blandy ones, all the models, the whole lot. But has she ever had someone like Nuala Nequin Bartrick? I don't think so now, lads. He'd be very much taken aback. I'd get up on that and I'd never get off. He'd be walking around limp for a month. My husband died in 1919. God rest his soul. But it wasn't uh, the closest of, of relationships. I swear he never once looked at my face. It's just be crotch. I'd say, Donald, what you want for dinner? And he'd say, Oh, just give me, give me a rasher on, on a baked potato and give me, give me seven, seven beans. Oh, and give me a black pudding. Oh, and give me a white pudding. Oh, hold on. Do you have any apple pie? Yeah, I'd say I got some. Yeah, I'll have a slice of that. And I'd say, no, you have it after your dinner when you're eating it. 
and he'd say, yeah, 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 after, but he never would. He'd eat it before his dinner. God rest his soul. I hated seeing his face round the place. You never really understand that type of hate until you've been married and lived with someone for a while. Just seeing their face is enough to, to want to make you go out and buy a whole box of dynamite. Just their face. Their face. First thing in the morning, you just think, oh God. Go back to bed until at least one, until I'm ready to see you. Oh God, you again. Oh, it's you. That, that for over, whatever, 60 years, whatever, 70 years it was. Oh, God. Used to annoy me something terrible. I'll tell you what he did very well. He did this the best. Leaving. When he'd go out to the shops or when he'd go out to the casinos or... The horses, oh, I loved it. Just to see his his left leg, the last thing, you know, that I'd see going out the door. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Oh, you leave so well, Donald. He did that very well. Get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it. Oh, oh, get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it. Oh, oh. Doorknobs, card machines, taps and toilets, nothing clean, nice tasting, dirty disease. Get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it. Oh, oh. Get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it, get your mouth around it. Oh, yeah. Would you like a date with me? Don't wash up. I'll lick you clean. I'll shift your dog. I'll shift your cat. Whatever's around will get a snog. Spitty time. These are the days. Run your hands over surfaces and you'll be mine. I love disease, pickety please. Put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it. Ha ha, put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it. Yes, please. I'll use masks and gloves on my tongues. Don't push and shove. Gravy not needed. I love things raw, like me late husband's soggy drawers. I love disease. Pickety please. Put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it. Ha ha put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it, put your mouth around it. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to tell you a bedtime story. One night. 
was very, very late. Must have been about seven minutes after midnight. And there was this man. And he lived in a little white cottage down the end of a boreen, down the back of County Clare. It was one of those nights where the moon didn't know if it was coming or gone. There was a cloud flirting with it. It fitting in and out with a fluff. It was tossing and turning. He just couldn't get to sleep. He kept having the same nightmare over and over again. Terrifying so it was. And he was actually afraid to get back to sleep in case he'd have it all over again. And the thing he was dreaming of was a baboon. A baboon but an Irish baboon. It was Irish because it was wearing a shamrock pin on its fur, on the, the right of its chest. Now, usually a baboon, it wouldn't bother him, to be honest, he'd go about and he'd do his own business, you know. But this baboon, there was something about him. What he was doing was he was walking up and down the shore, kicking the water. Just kicking the water like, you know, the whole damn thing belonged to him. And that it didn't belong to everyone else, as the shore does, belongs to everyone. And he thought, what is it about this baboon? So trying to tell me something. What he felt about this baboon on the shore was is that he was losing his mind. He felt like the baboon was taking the last of his common sense. Well, that's what he thought first. He kept changing his mind. So what he did was he got out of the bed Dusted himself off. He'd lots of crumbs all over the bed. He was always eating and eating. Hobnobs mainly. You know, the crumbs from that and the crumbs from rocks. He liked the rocks that you'd to buy in the holiday shops abroad. You know, the pink ones, the brown ones, the blue ones. You know, killer for his teeth though. And he'd love the toffee. He loved the toffee, munching on it, and always munching on a bit of toffee during the phone call. Oh, he was always munching anyway. He wiped all that stuff off himself, put on some boots. He had his boxers on, but he put on tracksuit pants, you know, to keep himself warm. And he put on the, the dressing gown. You think no one's going to be up this time anyway. You know, there's no one really that lives on the boreen, except for myself, so I'm not going to be coming across. 
anyone really. So he went out, took the bolt off the door, went out the door, walked across his front pavement, went out the gate, left the gate open. He, you know, he was thinking, I don't need to close the gate, there's no one else around here. Or is there? He walked down the, the road anyway. It was a bit bumpy, a bit paholy. It had been raining, raining and 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 raining, rain and rain and rain. This was a dodge in the west of Ireland, you know. Rain, 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 rain. So there was some water in the potholes and, you know, he splashed a little bit, you know. And then he kept walking down the road. Now there's, there's always been, you know, this, this kind of, you know, dilapidated, kind of just left, you know, this, this kind of shack, you know. And there was always this one bloody ass man, you know. And this other scraggly ass, and the two of them be munching, you know, on the weeds growing out the window of the house, and, you know, they'd be kind of fooling around, you know, up to no good. A couple of asses hanging around the guts of a house. And, you know, he was approaching that house. It always kind of spooked him, you know, a little bit, not because the asses, you know, because they were alive. No it was what wasn't there I mean there was nothing there it was a grown man he was an adult you know he knew he knew there was nothing there but there was just this air of something he looked into the, the blackness and then when his eyes adjusted he could see the, the bad paint job and a blinking eye, one of the, the donkeys. And it was quiet. You could hear the, the rustling of the leaves and but for some reason he just stopped and kept looking into the blackness. And he kept filling in the blank. That's the worst thing about the imagination. He kept imagining all of the things that could be going on. All the people who'd passed through and what remains of them. No, I don't mean remains like skeletons and I mean energies and little bits and pieces of people. Regrets and wants and secrets intentions good and bad 
and to the forefront of his mind was was the baboon. He thought, look, uh, there's no way a baboon would be friends with two donkeys. They're just worlds apart. Literally worlds apart. He's like, there's no baboons in Ireland anywhere. And suddenly, he felt something tap him on the leg. He looked down. What was it? Only a baboon. As real and solid as a Rubik's Cube on a shelf. He jumped back! And to complement the pieces we have so far from Nula, I just wanted to include uh, her first encounter with uh, coronavirus and her first hearing about it. So I went in to Tesco's. I was looking for my usual usual melon. Went down to the, the fruit. And I was thinking, where's all the melons? Lads. I said, it's one of the girls who worked there. I said, where's, where's me melons? The cantaloupe. And she said, oh, sold out. We're flat out, people buying things. And I said, right, okay, fine. So I went to the toilet section. Not a bog rolling site. I said, what do I have to do around here to get some bog roll? And there was some other fella there, some other person working there. And he says, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we're out. I said, so you're out of melons and you're out of bog roll. What am I supposed to do about this? I said, fine. So I went to the crackers, the crackers section. And I love these kind of, you know, the cream crackers. Jacob's. Always eating them. Always eating them. Crackers and cheese. Not a cracker. Not a cracker left on the shelves. I said, what's going on here, lads? And this woman, you know, someone who worked there, she was saying, I'm very sorry, ma'am. I was thinking, why do you call me ma'am? You better calm down with calling me ma'am, like. And she said, all the crackers are gone. I said... This is very odd. What's going on? She said there's a virus going round. And it got me thinking about the time that uh, I went to the club. Slept with 20 lads in the one night. Just did the rounds in, in the club. Bought them all a drink afterwards. And... Uh, I wondered if it was that. And I said, what kind of virus are you talking about, love? And she said, the corona one. 
And I was thinking, Corona's a beer. That'd be very unusual now, you know, from a beer. And I was thinking, but some people be doing funny things with the, the bottle. They'd be robbing it places and putting it places. And I was thinking, did somebody put their lip around, you know, the tip of a bottle when they shouldn't have, where when it's been somewhere? Anyway, she'd gone off. And I was walking down the road and uh, I just mind my own business. And I could just see these young people, they were out smiling. I've never seen people smile so widely in my life. And that's when I knew something was very seriously wrong. You never see young people smile. They're all miserable fuckers. I was thinking this must be the end of the world. They're walking around with smiles on them. I started getting very, 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 very scared then. I was thinking I don't want any of them breathing on me, coughing at me. So I started, you know, I put something over my mouth. The only thing I had to put over my mouth was was an old pair of knickers I had in my handbag for some reason. And I put the knickers over my mouth. Same thing as a mask. Same thing as a mask now. Only probably cleaner. Put my knickers over my face and, uh, you know, uh, some people were laughing. I thought, oh, whatever, I don't care what people think of me at this point. And that was live from the convent. And I certainly hope you'll be willing to download the next podcast. Thank you.